This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You can also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's erica.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com and anthony. it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at SuperVeganBrian, at NerdcasterMike, at CurseySmurfErica, and of course, at NerdcastRadio. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Hello and welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. This is your host, Super Vegan Brian here, and we have a small cast and crew today because I am joined only by my wonderful sister, Kersey Smurf Erica. Good morning, Kersey Smurf Erica. Hola. Do, do you know that these are my favorite episodes to do? I like them too. It's, well, I like any one-on-ones. I mean, I, I especially like doing ones with you, but I like any of the one-on-ones. I have enjoyed the ones I've done with Mike Myler. I've liked the ones I've done with Anthony and with Michael. I think I think why these are like my favorite, not because I don't love Michael and Anthony, because I absolutely do, but because I feel like this gives like the audience like a sneak peek of like, how you and I interact, like when we have our phone calls that like last for hours, even though we meant to only call each other for like five minutes. So for people who haven't heard us talk before, you're going to hear a lot of tangents, but the tangents are a lot more organic than normally our tangents in our episode. Yeah, that's true. We will we will tangent off in surprising ways that somehow work. It is. Um, it's, a, it's a very organic flow. That's for sure. So. I have a story to tell you this morning before we get started and with with what's nerdy with you. I am all ears. Okay, so um, it's 8 a.m. for me because um, I'm on the Pacific Coast and you're on you're on the East Coast time. So it's it's uh, it's 11 for you Um, Mm -hmm. when it's 8 a.m. I get up at seven to record. So, you know, that um, Heather and I are just now getting used to apartment life. Right. We're we're living out in in Portland and we're we're living in our in our place together and this is like new to both you're getting you're getting used to living together yeah yeah we're getting used to that so um because I use really loud alarms to to wake myself up she instead sets a quiet alarm because she's a light sleeper and then wakes me up mm-hmm. well when I get up to do the podcast at 8 a.m I get up at 7 and I get the laptop ready I get the outline finished and then I, I wait for the host to show up. Well, um, this morning, Heather woke me up. She's like, it's time to get up um, to do the podcast. So I get up, put my clothes on. I make myself hey, some Can breakfast. I pause just a yeah, second? Yeah, yeah. Okay. How does she get to wake you up and not get hit in the face? And I wake you up and I get hit in the face? Um, she knows how to do it. I mean, I, I you didn't you know how here. to do it. Yeah, but you didn't know how to do it the first time. Oh, does she throw things at you too? Um, no, she shakes my feet. Oh, okay. 
Uh, that that's a good option. All right. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. So um, she woke me up and I went, okay, got dressed, groggily walked out, made myself some breakfast, put some vegan cream cheese on toast, and um, and um, I worked on the outline. And then I went, okay, how long do I have? And it was 2.30 in the morning. What? Did she, she wake you up asleep? Was she sleep waking? She was sleep, she was sleep talking. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and I was wide awake. I had to meditate myself to sleep. I had to force myself to go back to sleep because it was like four hours till, till actual wake up time. So I was like... Oh, my God. This is great. This is a great story I can tell now. So, yay. Ah, that's funny. You want to hear my morning? Yeah. My morning was both of my children woke up at the same time. So the moment Amelia walks upstairs to the foot of my bed and goes, Mommy, I had a bad dream. At that exact moment, Rowan started crying. And I was like, guess I'm awake. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. On a Saturday. So, <laughs> so I get up and I nurse the baby and Chris goes and gets donuts and starts making breakfast. And Rowan eats a banana in the morning usually. And then she'll have eggs and a donut and stuff. But she loves her bananas. And I sat her down in her high chair and I gave her the banana. <laughs> and she, speaking of babies. No, I'm on the podcast. You have to wait. And and so she takes her banana. She squishes it really hard in her hand. So it like squirts out her fingers. And then she throws it on the floor. She's never done this before. And I'm like, uh, hold on one second. No. Hold on one second. Well, well, Erica. No, I'm I'm good. I just oh, had to yell at here. Chris. Oh, yeah, okay. no, I just had to yell at Chris, and I didn't think you wanted me to record me yelling. Okay. <laughs> so, so, anyways, she, like, squishes it through her fingers, and she throws it down on the floor from her high chair. And I just looked at her. I'm like, why would you do that? And she just gives me this, like, mean mug. And I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And so I don't let her throw food on the floor because it's a bad habit. And it makes a big mess. And she's old enough to understand directions. So I took her out of her high chair. And I stood her in front of it. And I had the plate down next to it on the floor. And I said, pick it up. Normally, if she throws something down and you tell her to pick it up, she just picks it up. Oh, my God. Absolute refusal. And I mean, this was like a 15-minute situation where she still ended up not picking it up, got a hot bottom, and got put back in bed. Is she even two yet? No. Wow, she's getting rebellious early. I'm aware, yeah. It seems to be a thing for my daughters. Amelia did the same thing at the same age. Except she stormed down the hallway and slammed her door because I wouldn't let her eat goldfish off the floor. So, can you hear wow. her? She's banging. She's the, the door that separates the upstairs from the downstairs is closed now. Chris closed it. That's what I yelled at him to do. And she is... Standing at the door, banging the door, yelling for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My kids are going to be perfect angels just to smite you. No. Just to no, spite you. Not. Spite you, not smite you. Yeah. Uh, you know. You're not like a me. demon that has to be smited. <laughs> she was smoked. 
Oh, so then I went and I mowed the lawn in a hurry. So it took me like an hour to mow my backyard because I have like, I don't have a riding lawnmower. I have a push mower. And my backyard is like three times the size of your mom's backyard. It's like, it's like a, I think I have like a half acre. It's crazy. So since it's just the two of us, um, are we just going to share nerdy things that we did rather than play the game? Because okay. that's what we did last time, right? Yeah, I think that's what we did last time. I mean, because really, we would just vote for either ourselves or each other. Yeah. And it'd probably be each other. Yeah, probably. I didn't do anything especially crazy that, that this time, but I actually do have some neat things to share. Um, so, normally, we play What's Nerdy With You. Huh? What was that? I'm listening. Oh, okay. So, normally, we play What's Nerdy I'm With listening. You at this time, where... We would vote on who did the nerdiest thing. So, but Eric and I, since it's just the two of us, we're going to share some of the nerdy things we did this week. So, because you're because you're you, you get to go first. Mm. So the nerdiest thing I did this week was uh, my friend Matt Senor Corbell sent me a link to a YouTube thing. Have you have you watched this Press Buttons and Talk YouTube channel? No, I've never heard of it. Oh, my God, it's so funny. So it's these two voice actors and the professional voice actors that play uh, video games. Like, I guess this is an old DS game called Ace Attorney at Law or Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney at Law. I've heard and, of the game. Have I've watched you? memes. I've watched memes about it. OK, it's it's hilarious. So I watched like I think I'm on episode 12, like in a row. Uh, and they're like 17, like 17 minutes long each. And I watch uh, like the first two like cases of this game. They're like playing the game all the way through. And they're they're The commentary is hilarious because they do the voices of all the characters. <laughs> and you have to watch it. But one of them was like they're interrogating this witness. And she's got like she's like dressed all in pink and it's anime. So she's got like these giant tits that are bouncing and she's giggling and winking and, you know, all that sort of stuff. (laughs) And so they're interrogating her and she's like, I asked for I know I knew what time it was because I asked for an iced coffee at nine on the dot. So then they interrogate like the the butler guy that brought the coffee in the hotel. (laughs) And he was he was like. Yes, I know that she asked for a hot dicking at nine on the dot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's so fucking hilarious because they're like, oh, well, like, like, the, like the opposite, like the, the prosecutor is all like, like, well, unless you can prove it, they're automatically guilty and you can't object anymore. And he's like, no, I'm an attorney. That's my fucking job. <laughs> It's so good. I'm only through episode like 11, but it's so fucking funny to just watch these guys play this game and these like the asides and the voiceovers. And it's just it's great. I wrote it down. So I'm definitely going to check it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Press buttons and talk. It's hilarious. My YouTube life right now has basically been limited to um, it's Alex Clark. I really like him. I don't know who that is. It's he. It's an animated thing. He tells stories about his life. Okay. Yeah, and his evil sister. So of course I like it. Ha. Um, it's sort of like a family entertainment. But I think he's mostly liked by kids, but it's still pretty good. Okay. Yeah, and he talks about how he um 
he was a street performer and now he's an animator and does YouTube, but he still does live sh- street performing shows. Okay. So anything about juggling interests me. Uh, yes, I know. I watch yeah. a lot of Philip DeFranco. Like, I watch him every day. I really like him. I like him, too. You beautiful bastards. I know. I love it. It's so funny. But it's, it's, I think what I like most about it is he, he lets you know what part is his opinion and what part are the things that, you know, they researched and they found the facts on. And then, you know, he goes, he just kind of leaves it to your, like, discretion. Like, he's not trying to push it one way or the other. And I think that's what I like the most about it. So, I've considered joining the Franco elite, but I don't have any money. So, I can't. But it's pretty cool. Oh, oh, and the other thing I did this week that was really nerdy, sorry to get back on topic, is Pokemon Community Day was last week, exactly one week. And I let Amelia run around, like, while I was grocery shopping, catching Pokemon. And she caught a sparkly larvitar. So is that rare? Yeah. Well, okay. So every community day, they throw out like a bunch of one type of Pokemon, and this time it was like a larvitar, and it like uh, becomes a Tyrannosaur or something, uh, Tyranitar. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, it's a really powerful Pokemon. But, like, you have to, it has, like, three evolution stages. But a sparkly is, like, the most powerful kind you can get. So, she caught one, and it's really rare to catch a sparkly anything, well, apparently. Tell her I said good job. I, I, yes, I will. She was very proud of herself. She's like, Mom, it's a sparkly! And at the time, I had no idea, like, like okay, so it sparkles, whatever. We did name it Sparkle, too. But, um, yeah. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, holy shit, that was a really good catch, kid. <laughs> so, your turn. What was your nerdy thing? I'm on book 10. Yeah? Yeah, I am on book 10 of the Dresden Files. I have not read the newest one, Briefcases, but that's it. I've read I'm them all. I'm not quite there. I'm going to read that. I'm also going to read that Bigfoot thing. Okay. It, the big, I don't know really. In, in On Amazon, they recommend the Bigfoot thing after Briefcases, but I know it came before it. Yeah, it did. Briefcases is the newest one. So, I don't know. Is Briefcases an actual story or is it short stories? It's short stories. Oh, he's How? really teasing the community, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, you've read the Kingkiller Chronicles, right? I don't think so. Patrick Rothfuss? No, I haven't. Oh, yeah, you should read those. Your dad gave me the most ultimate sell on those books, and I read them, and they're, they're, they live up to the hype. They're really good. Mm, I can't read any books. They'd have to be on Audible. I don't have time to read anymore. Well, I, the King Killer Chronicles are really long. Um, and um, Patrick Rothfuss has been taking interviews because he finished the second book in like back in like 2012, and he's still been promising the third book. Mm. And King Killer Chronicles is about a badass who happens to be a musician. And um, at a convention just recently, someone asked Patrick Rothfuss, um, Mr. Rothfuss, by writing the King Killer Chronicles, did you write a a um, super long epic about that trick the reader into reading a, a fantasy story where the main character is the bard? And Patrick Rothfuss responded without even thinking and just said, actually, I did something much worse than that. I tricked the reader into reading a two million word prologue. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
<laughs> I told Sandro about that, and he was like, motherfucker, because we've been waiting for that third book for a long time, and now we, we learn that it's like the first trilogy in a series. Oh, that's hilarious. The uh. um, the books are ridiculously long. I think the, the second book is like 1,900 pages or something like that. Um, see, I, I like long books like that uh, when I can listen to them. Because I don't have time to read anymore. I just, I don't. And sorry if anybody just heard that. My headphones fell off my head. Oh. I heard you, Don't though. do that. Um, I went to karaoke last night and sang Fuck Her Gently by Tenacious D. Oh, that's fun. It it was really great. Um, Heather was laughing her ass off because she'd never heard me sing it before, but she knew that I sang it. Mm-hmm. And while I was singing it, one of the drunk guys in the bar climbed up on the head of another drunk guy and started dry humping his head. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh. And after the song, he says he said something like, yeah, the bar pays me to fuck patrons. <laughs> <laughs> oh. he, he came up at the beginning of the song and sang with me, and it made me laugh because the guy looked just like Kyle Gass. Who's that? Tenacious D. Uh, Jack oh, the partner. other side. Got yeah, it. Yeah. You had just had to say the other guy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm terrible with names. You know that. Well, you know, I figured that wouldn't be okay because he uses the name in songs all the time. He calls him KG and, you know, it's JB and KG. Okay. And sometimes you know stuff. Oh, the cat is coming by the microphone. Um, That's true. Sometimes I do know stuff. And then other times I, I don't know. Most of the time I don't. It's, it's, it's safe to just assume I don't know who people are unless you've heard me say their name before. Because if I've used their name in context, that means I know who they are. Um, we're going to go see um, Jurassic World 2 on Sunday. That sounds like fun. I promised Amelia that I'm going to take her to see Incredibles 2. We really yeah. need to see that, too. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into this understanding why people in relationships don't go and see all the movies. Why? Um, because, Heather, we, we just don't have the time. We, we maybe get to see one movie a week. Okay. And we don't go to the movies every week. Okay. Yeah. I, do, I, I mean, does are you guys just busy? We like to do other things. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This is great radio, folks. Well, I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Chris and I watch a lot of movies, so. We'll probably, well, we like we watched a bunch of movies on TV. We watched um, uh, the setup on Netflix at noon movie about the it's like the romantic comedy formula. It's about these two assistants for horrible bosses who. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw that. It looked dumb. It was good. It was the exact formula for a '90s romantic comedy. They like took the formula and they followed it exactly. Oh, that's perfect. I'll never watch it because that means it's terrible. <laughs> I love '90s romantic comedies. We watched ten things. We watched. Um, Rom-coms are horrible, horrible, horrible. My favorite rom-com is Even Dead How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? Yes! Oh! We watched that, too. We watched How they're to Lose a Guy in fucking, 10 Days after. Oh, my God. They're so fucking cringeworthy. Oh, like, I love them. Oh, no. No, no, no. About, I mean, I know, I know they're like blockbuster hits a lot of the time, but, I mean, it's fucking... What about the rom-coms that break the formula? Like, oh, wait a second. There's a rom-com that follows the formula that you like. What? Two weeks notice. I don't like that movie. You love that movie. You no. love Hugh Grant. You were laughing your ass off through that movie. You made a 
big freaking deal about that movie and were quoting Hugh Grant. You were laughing your ass off anytime he talked. Because I was making fun of it. You enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Oh, no, no, no. That doesn't make it a good movie. That's like watching a B movie and making fun of it because, like, a, like a fucking B horror movie because you know how it's going to go. Either no, that, that or you enjoyed it movie. because you really think Hugh Grant is funny. I think he's fucking retarded, which makes him funny. So, I mean, yeah. I well, mean, what I about what about romantic comedies that break the mold, like um, Love Actually? That's that's not a bad one. It's still like I watched it one time and I won't ever wa- watch it again. But like when at that one time I watched it, it was it, it was OK. Like this it is, didn't you know, for your listeners, you know, not all girls like romantic comedies and not all guys hate them. This is a great thing that I'm the one <laughs> defending romantic comedies. <laughs> oh, they're so shitty. They're so sh- I hate fucking romantic comedies. You know, I've you know, never seen I've never seen Sleepless in Seattle. Neither have I. Neither yeah, I've about, seen I, I've seen um You Got Mail though. Nope, I haven't seen that either. I do like like ugh, the whole premise of romantic comedies like it it makes me nauseous. Like it's just it's it's just so ugh. Like, See, I enjoy them for a different reason because like when when we were watching it and I think I was annoying Heather because when we were watching the movie I kept pointing out the formula. I would guess what was going to happen based on the formula and be right. Well, yeah, because they all follow the same formula. Yeah. Like, like uh, I can't. I just, I can't even talk about how much I dislike them. It, it's just awful. It's all. Did I ever tell you? So Marcus, Marcus took, took me to see, for some reason, we went and saw Day and Night. Did you ever see that? Night and Day with um, Tom Cruise and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, um, oh, God, I can't from think of her name. Yeah, from Something About Mary. From The Mask, yeah. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, yeah. Okay, so he took me to see that, and they had, like, this cool motorcycle chase, and all I said when we left was, that was a cool motorcycle chase. That was it. Like, the rest of the fucking thing was, like, normal, cringeworthy romantic comedy, and he thought I liked it, so he bought it for me, because I said I liked the motorcycle chase. You know... (laughs) I have a problem with that movie. Like, I enjoyed that movie. I think it's a funny movie. But I don't like that they use this, like, montage thing to imply that there was a bunch of action that we didn't see while the person is drugged. They do it three times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just like the motorcycle chase. I, you know who I saw that movie with? Mm, I can't remember her name. No, I saw it with Matt. Did you? Yep. We both loved that movie. Ugh. No. Yeah, we were we were laughing our asses off. We really enjoyed it. Mm, no, terrible movie. Terrible. Okay, so we're talking about terrible movies already. So this is a great segue into our topic. So we're going to talk about blockbusters. Um, so first off, what constitutes a blockbuster? That to me, a blockbuster isn't just like how much money it makes. It's how much money it makes and how much people fucking talk about it. It. It does have a lot to do with buzz. It does have a lot to do with buzz. And the term buzz came out because of blockbusters. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. In my research, I found this. It was like the buzz term. The buzz term is sort of like a 2000s term. Um, but buzz was like what got invented to to rate like how much people are talking about a thing. It's like the buzz. Mm. Um, well, what 
and I'm not going to read any definitions. Michael's not here, so we're not going to be reading any Wikipedia entries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> um, I think it has to do with a movie that is marketed like a year or two before it comes out. Well, that's not always true. Well, because some things are blockbusters that you didn't hear of until it was released, and then people are like, "Fuck, that was good." Like yeah. I remember the Sixth Sense being like that. Like I didn't fucking hear about that movie at all, and then all of a sudden it was like, boom, everywhere. Well, I think the the term got really heavily used, and we're going to talk about how Jaws changed the movie industry. Um, so okay, Jaws now created. I'm where did the term blockbuster come from? It actually came out in the 40s um, originally. It was used because... Um, what block are we busting? Um, it, it, it's to describe the bombs that they used, the blockbuster bombs that would destroy a whole block and during World War II. And That's then... dark. Yeah. And Fuck. then after um, after 19... Like, it, it, was, it was described to describe a few movies because they were like... Big movies that blew away all expectations, so they described it as a blockbuster. And then because of the war, they um, the the term didn't really start getting used again until like 1949 and then 1950, um, because you know people didn't care anymore and they just started using the term blockbuster and people forgot what it meant. And then so it was described to use a, a movie that was like blew away expectations on how well it would do. Then the term got redefined. In the 70s, after Jaws came out, because Jaws was the first movie to really follow the whole advertise it for a couple years before the movie comes out. Um, it was the first movie to um, have like a that big of a theater release because movies were more regional before. Mm -hmm. They would push it in a few cities and push it in where they thought it would do well. Um, but Jaws was released on 400 theaters, which was a big freaking deal in 77. Yeah, it sounds like they just, they hyped it for, like, what, two years? And Jaws was also the first movie to have a national TV campaign. Oh. Spielberg did that, yeah? Um, Spielberg was probably not as involved in the marketing because he was the first, or, or do you mean he directed it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was his, his first big movie. Um, previously, all he'd done was a TV movie. Really? Okay. It was called Duel. Hmm. So he was being given a chance on this movie. So who's who 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 was the marketing person for Jaws? Oh gosh, that is not in my information. I feel like Ooh. that's important information to have. Person for Jaws. Marketing person for Jaws, because I feel like they may have created this monster that we know as blockbusters. Universal. That's the information I got. Just universal? No. Some 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 guy in marketing was like, this is, you know what we need to do? This. This is what we need to do. I wonder who the fuck that guy was. Um, one of the thi things that really helped Jaws was that the book was hugely popular. The oh, book okay. was like ridiculously popular. We don't even think about that now. But yeah, the, no. book, the, the Benchley book was just ridiculously popular. And then when they started pushing the movie, they were like, you've read the book and now blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it also had a national TV release, which was a big deal. Um, they'd never done that before. They, they, normally, they just did regional promotions for movies. They didn't do like a national ad. Mm -hmm. um, and Jaws broke the box office record at the time. It made $260 million. 
That's huge. Yeah, in seventy six in seventy five. Mm-hmm. And then Star Wars destroyed it. Yep. And that was my next thing to say. Yeah. Star Wars in nineteen oh um but, Star Wars took it over in seventy seven. Yeah. And Star the Wars, little movie that could. The little movie that like nobody really wanted to touch. That's hilarious. And Star Wars followed the template. Star Wars advertised on national TV. It um, released in the summer. Um, mm-hmm. Summer movies were not treated like that before. I mean, this is the reason why we have movies like The Avengers and how they're promoted now. It all goes back to Jaws. Again, I feel like we need to know who the fuck the marketing guy at Universal was at that time. I, I will try to find it. I'm not going to dig around now because it's going to distract too much from the show, but um, yeah, all I get is Universal. Let's see. Let me try one Google search. Who did marketing at Universal in 73? In 1974. Oh, would it, you think it would be 73 because it's before the movie came out? Yeah, that's what you said, like years before years. the movie came yeah. out. Yeah. Um, I found an article about Jaws. Okay. I read a lot of articles around Jaws. Maybe this is maybe this is something we can write Universal. You know, I did find the producers of Jaws, which probably had to do that. They were probably involved in the marketing. Okay. Um, Richard Zanuck and David Brown. No idea who those guys are. But it says that Universal did the movie promotion, so I'm sure it was just a marketing department. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will table that and come back to it another time. Um. But yeah. Um. That's where the whole summer blockbuster thing came up with. That's why we have coming next year or coming in two years trailers. Mm-hmm. I hate coming in two years trailers. It's, it comes up, it gets you super excited about the movie. Dude, I I saw a, ta- a trailer for Shrek like three years before it came out on like a VHS tape or something or DVD. I think it was a VHS. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And I had to wait like three fucking years. And then when it finally came out, I was like one of the first people there. I was like, yes, we're going to do this. And so I wasn't we, disappointed. We got we got some conflicting ideas about what a blockbuster is. But that's that's fine because a blockbuster can be a movie that did surprisingly well. Or it can be a movie that was marketed to hell. It doesn't even matter if it did well. It just has to have been... They had to have made a big deal about it Fair. before it actually came out. Um, but um, I got a question, and let's let's take some turns answering this and talking about this for a bit. What is mm. the first big blockbuster you remember? The first blockbuster that I remember um, was, gosh. Uh, and you had to remember it as a blockbuster. It, it's not just some movie that happened to do really well that you remember from when you were a kid. It has to be like when you were caught up in the hype and you remember the. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, and it would have to be, uh, I think it's Batman Returns. Oh, man. I remember how big of a deal that was. It was huge. McDonald's. It was fucking huge. McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. McDonald's. McDonald's just shoved that movie down our throats, didn't they? And it was great. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I remember like it was just pump, pump, pump. Everybody was talking about it. It was coming and it was going to be so cool. And, and you know, I think I was like, uh, I don't know, seven, eight, whenever it came out, whatever. And like, I was just like, yeah, I remember it was also the first movie I ever saw in theaters. 
So, I mean, it was a big fucking deal in my life. And it probably, if I'm honest, probably sparked my interest in the darker side of things. Because I just remember watching it and I'm like, it's so creepy and that's so cool. Like, I loved it. I, for me, I, there's probably ones I remember from earlier because mine's a little later. Mm-hmm. Um but I just remember the hype. The hype really sticks in my head, and it's the first one that pops into my mind. Is I remember walking into the theater and seeing the big giant cardboard display for Jurassic Park. Oh and, yeah. Yeah, and I'd read the book, so I was like, "Oh my god, they're making it into a movie! Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> and the movie rights were sold before the book was finished. Really? Yeah. Same thing with Jaws, by the way. Before the book was finished before the book was even released the movie rights were already sold Hmm. yeah they knew book contract thing like when you have like a contract with your publisher like they get to choose who gets the the movie rights or something well i think if you're peter benchley you already have a bit of a a fan following i don't know if jaws was his first book i think he wrote the beast first i don't know um i know michael Crichton had already done a whole bunch of movies oh yeah yeah i know do you know which movie he made himself? No. Westworld. Oh, did he? That's His entire cool. concept is the only movie he'd ever directed. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Did yeah, not there, know. I was surprised by how much sex is in that movie. I, I, I thought that the sex thing was something they added to the HBO thing, but the original Westworld has a lot of sex in it. I believe it. I haven't seen the original Westworld, so... And I think I haven't seen it because I don't want to, like, ruin anything for, like... Like, when this series is over, I'll go back and I'll watch it and, you know, compare notes and such. From what I remember of Westworld, they used to put it on TV, like, the edited version. They'd put it on TV, Mm -hmm. and I remember I would flip to it, I'd go, Westworld, watch a little bit of it, thinking, oh, robots, cowboys, maybe that'll be cool. No, this movie's boring as fuck. That's funny. That's kind of like what I did with heavy metal. I told you that story, right? I don't remember. So we didn't. I mean, you knew my dad like is a data dragon. So he's always like had tons of stuff. So before he had everything burned to DVDs, he had everything on VHS. Yeah. And he would record three movies on one VHS and he would record them from TV and stuff like that. And you'd have to fast forward the commercials and, you know, things like that. So we went through a long period where we didn't have television. We only had dad's VHSs. And I've always liked the dark and the macabre. So I went through like watching all the ghosts and the scary things. And I watched all the cartoons. That's where I first watched like Robotech and stuff and loved it. And then like I was, st- I mean, <sighs> I was starting to get to the point where I had seen everything, right? And it was like the summer, so I was home alone, and I was like, I think I was like 11, 10 or 11. And uh, Dad was leaving for work in the morning, and I was like, hey, Dad, what's this? And it said heavy metal on it. Well, I was a big fan of Beavis and Butthead because I was allowed to watch it, and I assumed it was heavy metal videos or something like that. And I was like, hey, Dad, can I watch this? And he goes, uh, no, no, that is not for kids. And I went, oh, okay. And he left for work. 
and I waited about 10 minutes, and I didn't think he was going to be back. And I popped it in, and I watched it <laughs> at, 11, at 11 years old. And I was watching it, and I was like, oh, it's a cartoon. Why isn't this for kids? Do, 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 do. Huh? Is that taxi driver having sex with that late? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I, I watched it like the whole thing. And I was like, holy crap. And I loved it from the minute I saw it. I thought it was just super awesome. Just like dark and creepy. And there's all the sex and like naked people. And I was like, this is the best. And I never, I didn't tell my dad that I, I watched it when he had left until like, I was like an adult and I was like, yeah, it was a great movie. Thanks dad. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. Oh, no. that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. Um, I apologize if there's some noise on my end. The, um, maintenance gardening guy is doing some stuff with water right outside the window and it's loud. Um, I kind of heard it when you unmuted. It was like, shh. Yeah, there's like a big buzz in the background. It's probably going to show up on the recording. So apologize for that. Yeah, but it's not too bad. Just so you know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the heavy metal remake. Is it supposed to come out next year? I don't know. I didn't know there was a remake. Yeah, they're working on it. I I, I mean, they, they haven't done one since 2000. Yeah, that one was okay. Like, I was I was excited. I was like, yeah. And then I watched it. I was like, eh, I mean, it ain't bad. Did, did you see the live action heavy metal TV show on Sci-Fi Channel when it was on? No, I didn't. It was based on the European magazine that Heavy Metal is based on. It wasn't the original. It wasn't Heavy Metal, the American magazine. It was based on the European magazine that spawned Heavy Metal. I didn't even know that's what. I, I, have, I have no idea where the origin, origins of Heavy Metal are. I know. I watched it. I love the music. I love the anime. I love the wicked stories. And they were just so fucked up. That's the best part. And this is why I think I'm a really twisted person. Is because anytime something's like really dark and sinister or just fucked up. I'm like, that is super cool. Like Death to Smoochie. Oh my god, that's a great movie. Yes. But then like when when you... When I watch stuff like romantic comedies. (laughs) I'm like... That's not realistic. That's complete bullshit. This is all bullshit. You all fucking suck. You're annoying me. Like, it you, un- it physically annoys me to watch romantic comedies. Like, do you physically. like one of the most, like, loved romantic comedies of our generation, 10 Things I Hate About You? Um, not, no. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it as much as I hate some. Uh, it's very, you know, shakespeare yeah, and um, it's not formulaic. It's very Shakespeare. Yeah, and so I don't dislike it as much as I dislike other romantic comedies. Yes, I don't. Uh, I do like uh, Heath Ledger in it, too. I think he, he's pretty fucking funny. You know what's a really funny movie? Hmm. Road Trip. Oh, yeah, that is, actually. That's, that is, yes, that is a funny movie. Have you seen Freddy Got Fingered? No. It's Tom Green's big budget movie. Oh, yeah, I I remember hearing about it when he was, like, a thing. It's really bad, but it's so bad, it's so much fun to watch. Is that kind of like that Borat thing was so bad it was fun to watch? Because it's Tom Crean got all that money and was like, oh, I'm not going to use this money to make a good movie. I'm going to use this money to be myself. 
Oh, I never liked him anyway. Like that persona. He's so. he's it's not a persona. He's just really like that. He's just really <laughs> an asshole. Yeah, he his his sense of humor is super twisted, and he's he's basically Andy Kaufman. Mm. Okay, well then I probably wouldn't have liked Andy Kaufman. So let's talk about some '90s blockbusters. Um, yeah. What What's your favorite one? Oh, my favorite. And this isn't your favorite '90s movie. This is your favorite '90s movie that had some hype and was a big deal. Oh, uh, shit! I was really in tune with shit in the '90s. Um, there's a lot of shit. Um, I mean, I was I was like the perfect like Lion King. Absolutely yeah. love the Lion King. Oh yeah. Like, like I was the perfect age for it. I was 11 and I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's so cool. And all the cool music. And I had like, uh, I had like the Lion King stuffed animals and I had like the bed set. And when the album came out, I got it. Yeah. I've always been a big Disney fan. So I'd, I'd have to say the Lion King made a huge huge dent with me but i also really wanted to see the nightmare before christmas when it came out like i was like super like yay it looks so cool and you would not believe this my mom said no that looks stupid you can't watch it wow yeah yeah my mom who let me watch elvira movies and the crow and shit like that because she didn't want to watch it i couldn't watch it so I didn't end up seeing it until I think it was like two or three years after it came out. And I was at a friend's house and I saw it and I fell in love. <laughs> I, 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 I still think it's funny that my mom was like, no, I don't want to see that. You can go see it. I was old enough that she would be like, you can go see movies that I don't want to see at that point. But she was like, that just sounds bad. It just sounds like a bad idea for Halloween and Christmas. And it's just why would you mix those two things? And why would you make Christmas dark? And then years later, she saw it with you at the Al Capitan Theater, and now it's her favorite movie of all time. And she owns <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas everything. Oh, that's so awesome. I love I, it. So, it's, the music is good, and the story is good. And yeah, it's dark. It's Tim Burton, but it's, it's not dark in a sinister way. I know I've said it on the podcast before, but the best gift that the Nightmare Before Christmas has ever given me is I got to hear my mom say the words, I like This is Halloween by Marilyn Manson better than the original one. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he does it very well. I have to agree with her. So what about you? What was your like favorite blockbuster? Men in Black. Really? That oh, my God. I was so excited about that movie. I mean, um, it, was, it was really... It was really cool. I think I like, like, it was cool in a funny way, but I think, like, as far as blockbusters go, I feel like Independence Day was bigger. Hated Independence Day. What? I read the book, and I did, the book was a novelization of one of the earlier scripts of the movie, and um, so in the script, there was a thing that happened at the end, and they cut it from the movie. The, uh, the Randy Quaid character had a bigger part of the story, like... They went into his flashbacks with his alien abductions just over and over again. Mm. 
And you know how it's a big deal at the end of the movie when he flies the jet into the spaceship and he's like, I'm back, and he gets his revenge? Yes. Well, in the in the book, they didn't let him fly a jet because he was drunk. Mm. So he goes into the warehouse and steals a nuke and straps the nuke to one of the wings of his biplane and flies the biplane into the spaceship. That's cool. That's yeah. Much- and I like the story better because it made that character more deep rather than just like showing, oh, is this drunk? Is this guy who's kind of a redneck who got abducted before and people laughed at him and now he's going and he's going to fly a jet in and he gets his redemption. It was a better story to give him some conflict and to give him a much deeper backstory and to really go into it. And I'm, I'm I always it really bothered me that they cut that from the script. My friends gave me such a hard time for not liking that movie. They're like, you don't have good taste in movies because you didn't like that movie. And you're like, I don't understand. You don't understand. I read a better version of the movie. I read what this movie could have been. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of felt that way with Ender's Game. Like, the movie wasn't a bad movie. But, like, when, you, when you've, when you like, read the book several times, you're like, oh, this could have been so much better. Novelizations are great. Um, because they're often based on earlier scripts, so you get the cutscenes. Yeah, well, my rule of thumb is when a movie is coming out that is based off a book, I watch the movie first, and then I read the book, or listen to the book, because I can't, I don't have time to read anymore. I, I buy it on Audible and listen to it. Because for me, I can enjoy the movie, and then when I read the book, I get I get, like you said, like the cutscenes, the behind the scenes, what they changed, what they didn't. And it still allows me to enjoy the movie. Yeah. Well, one thing I don't I don't bring up 90s movies just because we're 90s kid and we want to talk about 90s blockbusters. I bring up 90s movies because in the 90s, blockbusters had a much different feel than they have now. When these true. movies yeah. came out, they had lines around the theater. Mm-hmm. I remember standing in line for The Lion day. King. Mm-hmm. I stood online to see Mrs. Doubtfire. I stood yeah. online to see Ghost. And I mean, you don't think of that right now about movies like Ghost. Like, if a movie like Ghost came out now, it would be, be like, oh, yeah, they, 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 that's good. Ghost was a big freaking deal when it came out. Oh, like, well, was, it was different than, like, anything else. Yeah, like I was 11 or something like that, and my... And, um, my um, cousin's family said we're going to the movies. I, I sometimes went up with them and they were like, let's let's go see Ghost. And I was like, oh, wow, I saw the commercial for that. That looks like it's going to be amazing. And we went and we saw Ghost. And it was this super romantic movie. And I remember thinking how I'd never seen something so deep when I was a kid and thought maybe I can enjoy adult movies after I saw Ghost. I was like, oh, maybe there is something about adult movies. Maybe I don't have to just watch cartoons and and kid movies, I can actually go see other movies because this movie is so damn good. And, you know, I got the same feeling when I saw Ghost. Like, the exact same feeling. When I saw Ghost, I was like, like, they really love each other. Like, there's something there that even death can't separate. That's so beautiful. Maybe there's something to adult movies that, like, like I've been missing like I felt like that's the exact same thing that I remember thinking. That's so funny. But it's 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 like weird now. Like I saw Avengers: Infinity War the day before it came out. It wasn't a midnight release. Mm-hmm. I went at like four. It was the first movie of the day. 
the movie was full, but there was no line. I bought my ticket online. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have any trouble finding a seat. I went in and I saw the movie. That so, still seems weird to me. <laughs> so I think in the age of information, right, a lot of people don't want to go out to watch these movies. So the people that really do go out to the theaters to watch the movies, first off, they're a lot more expensive than they used to be. And not just like normal inflation, but like in general, like they don't, they don't, movie theaters do not make their money off the movie like people think they do. They make it off the concessions. Like all that money that you pay to go see these movies goes directly back to the studios. All yeah. Of it, every well, dime. Do you know, do you know the trick to make sure the theater gets money, right? Hmm. Go see the movie a few weeks after it comes out. They get a higher percentage. Yeah. If you go see the movie a few weeks after it goes out, you give you support your local theater. So if you want to support your local theater, don't see the premiere. Or when you go see the premiere, like if you're a huge like, you know, like I'm going to see the premiere of Star Wars movies. I'm going to see, you know, there are certain movies I'm going to see like that weekend. Make sure you buy concessions like I know five dollars for a drink and, you know, eight dollars for a popcorn is ridiculous. Everybody knows that, but that is how they make their money. They don't get it anywhere else. So, I mean, I, 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 anytime I go to the movies, I mean, and you know this, I don't pay to see the movies because my friend is a manager there, but every single time I go, I do buy popcorn or a drink or a can, something to, you know, to pay for being able to see the movie because I know that goes directly to them. Um, to go back into the whole, like, how the feel was different in the 90s, there's another mm-hmm. really normal movie um, that we, we really take for granted now. Mm. Um, do you remember? You would have been pretty small, but do you remember how big of a freaking deal Home Alone was? Yes, absolutely. Do, I mean, you, do you remember how big of a freaking deal Twister was? Uh, yes. It drove me insane. Everybody kept talking about the cow. Everybody. And and people listening, this is before everybody was on the internet. So when I mean everybody was talking about the cow, it was on TV, radio, the people you talked to. Everybody was like, Twister! It was another thing in the 90s. They used the news to market movies. A lot mm-hmm. more than they do now. Like, I mean, we still get oh, that yeah. now. We get interview shows and we get them talking about stuff. But um, that's when they started pumping serious money into getting their movies featured on the news. Mm-hmm. Like, Independence Day set to break records. Like, people would say stuff like that on the news before the movie has ev- even come out. Nobody knows how it's going to, you know, take off or not take off. And then people are like, oh... It's going to set a record. I bet it's going to be amazing. I'm going to go see it. Like, that's how it worked. Now, it's the opposite. Now, I feel like it's the opposite. Like, no matter how much they market stuff, unless you're, like, a Marvel fanboy, a DC fanboy, Star Wars fanboy, James Bond, you know, I'm just, you know, all, you know, those things where if that movie comes out, you're going to go see it. A Disney person when we're talking about other sort of movies, like, that's not a thing. Like, people, movies take off now based on when people saw them, what people are saying about them. So, Solo tanked, right? 
Like, they're not even doing any of the other stories now. Because even though it's a Star Wars movie and you had your Star Wars fanboys like me that still went and saw it, it did not do as well as they expected because people left the movie feeling meh. And that's how I left it. I left it even as a fan going, I'll watch it if it's on, but I'm not going to, like, make an effort. Like, I didn't leave going, I need to see that again. Oh, wow. Like I, like Michael I did and I with had like a much Rogue different One. reaction to that movie. We freaking loved it. Really? No. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I loved I loved Donald Glover as Lando. I mean, he was great. The guy they got to play Han was also very good. Like, I'm not saying that. It, it was not the actors at all. I felt like it was story. Like, it was not an engaging story. I know it was supposed to be a heist, and it was a heist, and the heisty parts were actually really good, but, like, it just was not that I think that has to do with reshoots. I think that has to do with reshoots. I think it meandered a bit because there were a lot of reshoots, and they had to work hard to get that movie edited together. That's probably what it was. But but that's but that has affected all the other individual Star Wars stories now because they release that and the fans like me were like, Okay, like there wasn't repeat Pe- people weren't weren't going out to see it again. So but but that's what I'm saying is like now a lot of the movies, because of the internet and social media and everybody's connected, it's more on like what they do. Like have you heard about heredity? Yeah. Okay. So Heredity has been marketed as a horror movie. For everyone listening, it is not a horror movie. It is a movie that is a drama that has horror-like elements. Oh, they're doing like what they did with Mother. Because Mother was marketed as the scariest movie you've ever seen, and it's not a horror movie at all. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen Mother, so I I can't tell you on that. Um It's a it's a stereotypical Darren Aronofsky movie. It's basically Requiem for a Dream. It's torture you movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, this is no. So th- this isn't like that. This is like these characters. First off, the lady that is the main character in the movie, the mom is the lady that played Tara from the United the United States of Tara. Have you seen that or heard about it? No. She, it was essentially like this, uh, I think it was on Showtime, where she was like a, um, she had a disassociative identity disorder. Anyway, she's a really great actor. I mean, she is amazing. Like, there were parts of this movie where I was like, holy shit, she's good. Like, she is that great of an actress. So, but you leave that movie going, what the fuck did I just see? Like, that's how you leave that movie. And some people are taking that that opinion of what the fuck did I just see and like, holy shit, it's amazing. It's amazeballs. And then other people are like, this was a terrible movie. So it is really like split down the middle. It's just split down the middle. And it's that where in the 90s you had the media telling you something. You had the lines around the doors. You had the money flowing. You had the news reporting you didn't have a lot of one-on-one reaction. And I think that's the difference between blockbusters in the 90s and blockbusters today. Because unless you have the audience by the balls and they are like, yes, this is great, 
that is going to spill over onto those social platforms and it's going to affect the movie. Sorry, that was a long way to get to my point. Uh, I think that was a good way to close our topic because <laughs> it is time to describe a movie badly. Now, you've prepped this. I haven't. What do you yes. got? Oh, I totally prepped this. Okay. Well, you, you know, Brian, you're leaving. You're make without you responding to all everything that I just said, like your view on it. It makes me feel like I just rambled on. No, no, that's fine. I, I okay, fine. I haven't seen the movie. But I, I get what that's like. It's this, first off, you got the bad marketing campaign that markets the movie as something that it isn't. And mm -hmm. then you got the people who see it, and it's an artsy movie that um, you get the people who don't get it, who don't get that it's supposed to confuse you, and they freak you out. It's basically It Follows. Because It Follows was one of those polarizing movies that if you understood what you were watching right away, you figured it out, you understood what you were watching, you're like, this is an amazing horror movie. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. But I really if you loved it. didn't understand what you were watching or you didn't give a shit about what it was, then you were like, this doesn't make any sense. Fuck this movie. This is the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I And, you know, I've had that experience because my best friend Sandro like runs a campaign on Twitter about how bad that movie is. But I loved it. Follows. It I follows was a it. brilliant horror movie. It was. It was it was totally different than anything that like had come out thus far like but it was it was, was, a it was an it was an art film yes absolutely yeah it was an art film and if you don't like art films you probably won't like it and heredity is making me think it's an art film oh because yeah. mother was an art film but mother they straight up marketed as a horror movie and that's a big problem with marketing nowadays that they deliberately will I don't think this movie will do well if we market it as what it is. So we're going to market it as something else. And I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah, I think it sets expectations that um, cannot be fulfilled. And then, you know, it's it's like when you take a drink of water and you were expecting it to be Sprite, even though you like water and water is good and refreshing. The fact that your brain told you you wanted to drink Sprite the makes water taste gross. It makes it taste gross. I have the other option where I take a drink of Sprite expecting it to be water and spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't like Sprite, so bad analogy. <laughs> no, it's a good analogy from what I was trying to no, say. It was a good analogy you saying it, but it's a bad analogy from what I just said. Yes. So when you think of something's going to be like, like, when people go see, when I go to see a horror movie, I expect to see a horror movie. I'm going because I want to be scared and I want to jump and I want to cringe and I want that adrenaline. When you market something as a horror movie and you don't give the audience that, you, you've, you've shot yourself in the foot. Like, I think the marketers just need to get on board. It's a bad idea. Just market it for what the fuck it is. Well, I'm, I mean, it's like, do you remember the marketing for Pan's Labyrinth? Yes. They didn't advertise that that movie wasn't in English. They did not. And if I was one of those people that didn't like to read subtitles, I probably would have walked out. But it was a great movie. Didn't we go see that together? I don't remember. I remember not liking it and made me want to watch it again. I actually have it on Blu-ray. We're going to watch it again because I want to see it a second time. The only reason I didn't like it is because... I had an expectation that the fantasy was real, and when it was all in the girl's head, it disappointed me. Yeah. 
But I think I can enjoy that movie now that I know what it is. Okay. I really loved it. I thought it was... No, I went and saw it with Rachel. That's right. It was Rachel. It was me, Matt, my dad, boy, Rachel, and her boyfriend at the time, Adam. Husband now. Um, All right. So we got to do movie described badly quickly. Oh, fine. You got places to be. I got it. (laughs) Jesus. Tell Heather to put her pants on. It'll be fine. Erica says to put your pants on. It'll be fine. We'll finish on time. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're on. Okay, good. She's working with horses today. She's wearing pants. Oh, good. And boots, I hope. So, first one, Mad Max on No Land. Waterworld. Yes. Good job. Good job. Next one. Unless you, did you think of one, Brian? No, I'm, 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 I'm happy to go through yours. I don't really have any. Okay. Next one. Christian Bale decides to not take his pills and finds out he's a master at gung fu, much to the dismay of the government. Equilibrium. Yes. Good job. Maybe I'm not describing these as badly as I thought. The actor, the actor, that one gave it away. He didn't. I mean, he's only done a few movies and gun fu. Oh, that's true. All right. <clears throat> Two men escape the Middle East imprisonment to steal back one of uh, one of theirs money and girlfriend. Oh, God. I'm just I'm expecting this to end up being like a animated movie or something. Let me, um, let, me let me give it to you again. Two okay. men escape Middle East imprisonment. To steal back one of the man's money and girlfriend. I don't know. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, my God. That's perfect. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Right? Um, a, um, a man invents the emo movement after coming back from the dead. The crow. Oh, I didn't expect you to get that. <laughs> yep. It was the coming back from the dead part. Yeah. There aren't too many movies like that, other than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have any others? Um, um, oh, God. Um, a, um, oh, I'm going to steal one from one I just read recently. Um, okay. a, blo- a blonde man with a magic hammer um, um, teams up with his angry friend um, to... Um, Save the day from an evil monarch. Wreck-It Ralph? Oh, damn it. I thought you were going to say Thor for sure. No. I was trying no, to set he up is the... a monarch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any more? No, no. I just, pre- I just prepped three. I just prepped three. So what do you got going on right now? Uh, okay. Well, I am trying to come up with, um, so this is something that we kind of talked about, or I kind of talked about on, uh, the nerd podcast chat that I wanted to find somebody to discuss current events with in an objective way. Um, so I'm trying to put that together. I'd like to, to be part of nerd podcast radio. But, you know, if I get voted that it can't be, then I'll just figure something out. Um, I was going to talk about one of those things we talked about in a bonus episode. Um, Just kind of talk about, because I've been trying to include more commentary on the episodes on the Patreon episodes. So, like, the things we talk about behind the scenes and, like, 
what I like and don't like about episodes we've done. I'm trying to make it more like that and creating more of a template for the bonus content. So I'm probably going to talk about a little bit about the controversial topic we were talking about in the bonus comment that content that we're not ready to talk about an episode yet. Brian, can you hear me? I you're breaking up. I'm I think I lost Erica. Let's see if she comes back. You're back. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. You like totally broke up. You you were too. All I could hear was like, like, and I kept trying to tell you you were breaking up, but then like, you couldn't hear me. <laughs> so, so thanks Skype. Um, can you still so, hear me? Okay. Um, yeah, I can hear you now. So what what I was saying was I'm gonna talk about the controversial topic we were talking about in a bonus episode. I'm not going to go into too much detail, just more of like what's going on behind the scenes of the Nerd Podcast Radio and how we talk about things and how we decide sometimes we don't want to talk about certain things. And I'm trying to make the format of the bonus content more behind the scenes on the episodes, like what we like about the episodes, what we don't like about the episodes and what we're working on, including the things we decide not to talk about. Okay, I mean, I'm totally down for that. I wasn't talking about just that particular thing, though. I was kind of, like, creating, like... And this is something, like, if you want to be my partner on, that'd be great. Like, because I know you and I have, like, amazing conversations. And we do not always see things the same way at all. Um, But I even came up with a title for it. You want to hear it? Yeah. Uh, News 404. Oh, that's cool. Like, Error 404. Mm Mm-hmm. News 404. So I thought that would be that would be like a fun thing where we can objectively talk about that. Because I told you I really what I really like about Philip DeFranco is he's objective about it. He's not like this or that or this side or that side. And, you know, it's okay to give your opinion because he does give his opinion. But, you know, he lays like the facts out. And so I would like to have a very organic conversation in that way that in things that are happening today so i'm kind of planning that out um but other than that i'm taking the girls to well amelia to see incredibles 2 and then at some point this weekend i need to make time to go see my imaginary uh boyfriend um and see jurassic world so imaginary boyfriend Oh, yeah. I have a huge crush on Chris Pratt. Oh. Huge. <laughs> huge. Oh, I, I need to find it for you and send it to you. But there's this great video that they did promoting Jurassic World. I don't remember which web, which YouTube channel it is. Mm-hmm. But they do this um, they do this little game show on YouTube where they show the guests pictures from their Instagram and ask them and their Twitter and they ask them questions. It's called You Posted That. Okay. Um. Well, they took two of the people on the production crew and had them be guests on the show, but they didn't tell them that Chris Pratt was going to be the guest. And one of them had a huge crush on Chris Pratt. So she go that. So they're like, this is Cindy. This is Melanie. And now for our mystery guest, Chris Pratt. And the winner gets to slow dance with Chris Pratt. Oh, <laughs> and oh that's like fun. They specifically targeted one of the girls. And all the tweets they pulled were tweets about Chris Pratt. <laughs> and she put, like, tweets about, like, the fantasy three-way with Chris Pratt. Oh, that is With fantastic. Brute watching. With who? Brute. The tweet was like, 
I want to get freaky with Chris Pratt with Groot watching, but not baby Groot because that would be creepy. <laughs> Holy shit. And they read that tweet in front of her, in front of Chris Pratt. <laughs> You're going to have to send me this link. I'll that sounds hilarious. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. So other than that, I'm also going to continue listening to Phoenix Wright, attorney at law on the, um, on that, um, what is it? Something in play. What is that channel again? I remembered it this morning. Press buttons and talk. That's what it is. Press buttons and talk because it's fucking hilarious. But you, Brian, what are you doing or going to do other than I, horses? I am right now. I am writing down Chris Pratt game show prank so I can remember to share it with you. And I was scrambling around trying to find my pencil. Um, no, today I am going to play with horses. Um, we're going to Heather's friends, Pete and Sheila, and we're going to go play with horses. And then um, probably going to do something tonight. We don't really know what yet. And then um, Sunday we're going to go out with. We're going to go to lunch with Heather's friends after church. And then we're going to we're going to go to a place called Avon's and have vegan food. And then we're going to go to um, see Jurassic World too. Um, this Wednesday is Heather and I's four-year anniversary, and we're going to go to the zoo. Ooh, congratulations. And I haven't taken any photos since I've been here, so um, that would be a good thing to do for me, for that, and get some pictures taken. And Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go to the Portland Zoo, and then after, we're going to go to Vitopia and have vegan cheese, because it's so, a gourmet vegan cheese shop. So flavored oil solids. Flavored oil solids. Okay. Oh, Heather is trying really hard not to laugh out loud in the background. She's, like, giggling. <laughs> oh, tell her I said hi, and I miss her. Erica says hi, and she misses you. She said it very quietly. She said it so quietly, it's probably not going to show up in the recording, but she said I heard hi, it. I miss you. No, oh, I heard okay. it. Yeah, it's going to show up. She heard you. <laughs> um, so um, that is it for our show today. We had a fantastic talk, and I mean... This is one of my favorite episodes of all time, and I say that every time Eric and I get together in an episode. Um, we talked about blockbusters and the phenomenon and how the marketing thing came about and how that affects our love of movies and how we went into 90s movies and how the hype over 90s movies is so different from the, from oh, today. Yeah. And I think we can do a follow-up on this episode. I think we can dig deeper into this. Oh, absolutely. There's so much we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about what movies were like before Jaws. No, we didn't. I mean, I wasn't around back then, but I mean, there's a distinct difference. We should try to get one of the guys from CinemaSins to be on the episode. That'd be cool. Yeah, we'll contact them. We'll see if we can get it. We'll just contact every freaking movie YouTuber we can find until we can get one of them to say yes. (laughs) Yeah, newsflash. That's how we get our guests, everybody. Yeah, we, we... We just bombard people with requests. So So. that's it for us today. Um, It was myself, Super Vegan Brian, and Cursey Smurf Erica. Bye, guys! And everybody, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay Stay awesome! Stay goodbye, Erica. Um, Goodbye, Erica. Show. We'll be the best podcast radio.